Welcome to this week's episode of Beyond the Classroom, Michael Government Chat. This week, we bring in Jackson High School alum, Cody Gonzalez. Cody is purple and gold through and through and is the perfect example of a servant leader. Cody serves as the Canton Clerk of Courts, but also helps in local elections and serves as the Jackson Baseball Association president. Cody has positively impacted our community over the last 20 years and loves a great local election. We hope you are doing well in quarantine and are staying busy. As always, the best is yet to come. Okay, all you cool cats and kittens, enjoy this week's episode of Beyond the Classroom, Michael Government Chat. Cody. How we doing, Hello. Cody? Good, how are you? I'm great. Hanging in there. Things good your way? Yeah, absolutely. Kids are good? Absolutely. Yeah, kids are all good. Me and my wife are still working a lot. Um, but uh, fortunate for me, we're both home today. Very nice. So. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Well, uh, let's go ahead and get started. Uh, before sure. we go too crazy, uh, why don't you mm-hmm. just kind of inform the students just a little bit about your background? Uh, obviously, you're a local guy, a Jackson High School alum, et cetera. Yeah, sure. Uh, I grew up, uh, went K through 12 at Jackson, went to Lake Cable, uh, middle school, and obviously the high school. Graduated in 2000, uh, left for a couple of years ago to college at o- OU, um, came home, been here ever since. Uh, I taught for a little bit, actually taught at Jackson before moving um, over to uh, government. Um, um, I started out at the recorder's office in charge of land records, and I've been at the clerk court's office um, in charge of the Stark County uh, Criminal Justice Information System for about the past seven years. Uh, on top of that, uh, still really connected with the community. I'm the treasurer of the school levy. I'm on the Jackson Local School Foundation and the vice president of that board, um, as well as um, the head of the Jackson Diamond Club. So I'm the president of Jackson Baseball. Uh, so still really active. And then on the side as well as raising and coaching my three sons. Um, I'm also a, a political consultant and run uh, a vast majority of campaigns in Star County. I, I know you do a lot. And uh, obviously, uh, you know, your dad's been involved in Jackson Township, you know, for seems like forever. Uh, and now you're following in his footsteps and, and yourself and your family, your dad, you guys do so much for Jackson Township. Uh I know a lot of students see, you know, your face and name on the back of the wall. Just give a little background. Like, what is the clerk of courts? Like, what what does that mean? Sure. So I work at the uh, Camp Municipal Court. So there's uh, there's three municipal courts in Stark County and in a common police court. Municipal court um, is where you do low level um, lawsuits, things like that, evictions. Um, you know, uh, but we also do all the criminal cases, anything that's a misdemeanor. Um, all cases start at the municipal level and then they get bound over to common police court. Um, but common police court only hears felonies. So the difference is the municipal court, you'd be going to jail here locally. Felony court um, or common police court, you'd be going to prison. Um, that's really the big difference between the two. And they also handle, you know, much larger lawsuits, anything over uh, $20,000. But the criminal justice information system, the thing I'm in charge of, um, that is a it's a computer system that that monitors everything criminal justice related. So anytime an officer anywhere in Stark County. 
we monitor. I monitor the jail every day through there to make sure our jail doesn't become overcrowded. Um, that system tells me who's in jail, who's not in jail. Um, it tells me if we're at our maximum capacity and if I need to start calling judges to get uh, lower level nonviolent people out to free up space for more violent people. Uh, but that system is used by all law enforcement, all the judges, and it's shared by all of the courts in Stark County feed into that system. Wow. Wow. Um, all right. Let's dive in uh, a little bit. I know uh, elections is it's such a uh, it's a wild thing uh, if you're really involved in them, uh, you know, you know, from like a 30,000 foot perspective, uh, mm-hmm. running them, participating in them, uh, obviously as a candidate or, or, you know, being in charge of like a levy. Um, but how do you view the importance of voting within the democratic process that we have? Sure. I mean, it's it's the single most important thing that I think we can all do. And the sad part is, uh, you know, every year I, I run campaigns, look at campaigns, and obviously the people that I'm, I'm, I'm curtailing my messaging to is is a very small group. And that's the, really the important thing about going out and voting. Uh, when you look at it from our perspective in Jackson Township, let's just say Jackson Township, for example, the majority of all of everything that affects you in Jackson Township is derived from your local government, whether it's the roads you drive on, or if you get in a car accident and you call, the police going to come, is an ambulance going to come? Um, all those things are funded through our, our local tax dollars. You know, is, is, is your street going to get plowed? Is it going to get paved? Um, you know, when you're paying your month or your yearly or quarterly, um, property taxes, how much can you afford to pay in property tax? Because those things keep going up as more levies get passed and things happen. Same thing with your schools. Your schools have levies. All those things that that directly impact you on a daily basis. I like to think of local elections as stuff that impacts you on a daily basis. Whereas federal ones, everybody, yeah, it's fun to get involved in a presidential campaign or a senator or congressional race. But at the end of the day, they're making large policy decisions for the nation that have very less less impact on your daily lives than what your local government does yeah i had uh i i wouldn't i don't know if you know this guy or, or not uh, richard frederick i don't hmm. know if that name he graduated no. uh, early early 90s late 80s i want to say mm-hmm. 89 to be exact we had him on the podcast <laughs> um about two weeks ago now and uh he, you know, graduated from Jackson High School, started volunteering for campaigns and then became an aide mm-hmm. and eventually worked his way up and, and uh, was working with Governor Kasich for a couple of years as a policy person. And then now is in lobbying. Um, but, you know, it was kind of interesting, his take on state and local, you know, and you're seeing a lot of it right now, kind of just through the day to day, you know, stuff uh, with Governor DeWine and, and even at the local level through, you know, uh, Stark County Health and that. Uh, but yeah. he said, you know, and the government at the federal level, it's it's like driving a, a Boeing, you know, 737 when that thing needs to take a right turn. And, and uh, you know, it's going to really make an impact where at the state and local level, it's like you're driving a, you know, a car down the road. And, you know, it, it's pretty easy to take a right turn. And, and I love that analogy and, and how he described that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a big thing even right now when you're looking at from a perspective of like, I thank God right now that we live in a township um, and I don't live in a city. I work in a city and I live in a township, Um, you know, when it look look at local government, because like right now, one of the biggest issues that we're going to be facing is a funding issue. Um, Obviously, people aren't 
Um, there's people out of work. A lot of people get laid off. Businesses are closed. Well, the nice thing about living in Jackson Township is you're going to not see such a strain on our local government because of our funding mechanism. Because our funding mechanism in the township comes from property taxes. And right now, people are still obviously have paid their property taxes, will most likely continue to pay their because people's homes are the first things they pay for. Whereas when you work in the city or live in the city or even at the county, the county is dependent in, upon sales tax. And if businesses aren't open, sales tax isn't coming in. And from a city perspective, whether in Mass, in Canton, or Alliance, it's derived completely through income tax. So when you talk about people being laid off, losing their jobs, not paying income tax, those types of governments are going to be hurt much worse than our townships are because our townships, again, are based off of property taxes. It's not about it doesn't matter how many things get sold. It doesn't matter how many people are working. It just depended upon, you know, people paying their mortgages, which is the number one thing people continue to do even during tough times. So you're going to see a much larger strain on um on like the cities and even the county than you will at the township level. And again, that's important, again, voting wise, because the people we put in those positions are going to have to make the tough choices on how we spend that money. Yeah, I know uh, we'll, we'll dive into more specifics on elections here in a second. Um, but you're hitting home on some great differences between township and city. And, and I think sometimes when it comes to that township side, you know, there's this word, a mill. And uh, it, it can be tough to understand. Describe a little bit Absolutely. about a mill and, and how that works in a levy with a township. Sure. So basically millage is it, it's to, to, to make it as easy as possible because they can get really in depth inside millage, outside millage. A mill is, is basically how much money is generated. Everybody has a certain one mill in Jackson Township compared to one mill in Perry compared to one mill in you know, Lake Township are drastically different numbers because a mill basically is they just figure out what is basically one mill equals X amount of dollars. And that X amount of dollars is based off the total property value of everything in the township. So we're talking land value. So houses, um, you know, businesses, the land that it sits on. So obviously Jackson has a, a much larger like one mill in Jackson generates hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, Whereas if you go to some place like I remember, I think Canton City put on um, an income to or a school levy and they, they had to make it like 43 mills because 43 mills in Canton, the city of Canton is the equivalent to almost like one mill in Jackson because it's all based off of that. So it's really confusing to try to you tr it's from my perspective when when I do levies inside of townships, you really that's why I always have to compare what a mill generates and we usually do that based off a hundred thousand dollar home so like for example there's a fire levy on right now and it's going to go up at, at, you know they're trying to add i think it's you know three mils on well if you have a hundred thousand dollar home it's going to cost you you know like twenty dollars more a year so you always have to kind of play those numbers out and explain those to people because a mill depending on where you live at like if your students decide later on in life to move someplace else and they don't stay in Jackson Township and they move to Columbus, but they move to, you know, Blacklick or someplace like that that has a township. A mill there is never going to be the same thing as a mill where it is someplace else. It's all generated based on how much your property value is collectively inside the township. That makes sense. I know it's it's, it's always interesting. I just think back to like November, uh, you know, and you read the uh, League of Women's Voters and you see a mill in there. And most people owe a, a million dollars, and it's not a million dollars. No. It's something completely different. Um, 
you have a, a, a unique little kind of, I don't know if you call it a side gig, but, um, you know, you, you help uh, a lot of local people in their elections and that. Um, how much time, effort, money, et cetera, is spent in local elections? Sure. Uh, it's a large, a large number. Um, it, it, people would actually they'd be shocked by it. Uh, you know, when you look at local elections, though, they're all based off of how much time and effort you put in is really dependent upon what you're running for. Uh, you know, locally, you can look at Stark County and, you know, the largest race you can have in Stark County is a state senator because that one's going to be probably Stark County and two other counties. And then you have your state reps, which will be about a third of the county. And then every, you know, countywide officials, you'll have obviously the whole county. And then you have township trustees and, you know, city councilmen and everything starts getting smaller and smaller and smaller. So the smaller the race, the less money you have to spend, obviously. Um, and but the time is all still the same. Because the easiest way to win a campaign, if I'm at a smaller level, is for me to walk door to door. It's me to go walk out, knock on the doors, meet my constituents, talk to them about you know what their issues are, let them know that I'm there for them. That face-to-face interaction is it's worth more than me spending a million dollars. But you get up to the top ones and you get up to the ones that say a countywide election, there's no way you're walking the entire county. You can't, there's just too many people and too many doors to knock on. You can't do it. So then you're spending a lot more money um, on sending out direct mail, you know, doing TV, radio ads, things like that. Um, you know, and then the other thing you have to take into account that really drives the, the cost of an election is whether it's a nonpartisan election or a partisan election, because partisan elections um, are ones where, you know, the people know you're a Democrat or Republican, um, or an independent, whereas a nonpartisan race, when they go to the ballot, there is no, uh, designation next to your name. Like a judicial race never has a designation. If you're running for judge, it'll never say you're a Republican or, or a Democrat. Township trustee will never say Democrat or Republican. So when you're looking at those, those ones exponentially always cost more, just like a levy does, because you have to mail everyone. If I'm running a partisan race, I, and let's say I'm running a Republicans campaign and I'm in, you know, the city of, of Maslin, I'm not going to mail Democrats. I'm going to mail Republicans and independents because, you know, Democrats probably aren't going to, I'd rather spend more money mailing the independents over and over again to, to sway their vote than try to change a Democrat's mind. That's just not going to happen. So, I mean, in a, in a countywide election, and just to give you uh, the kids an idea, you know, in a countywide election, I tell anybody that you need to have a minimum of $100,000 to run a, a campaign in Stark County if you're running countywide. Wow. Um, you know, last year, uh, I think we spent a hundred and I think we were saying we spent like $120,000 when we did the uh, mental health levy. Um, you know, in Jackson Township, for example, at Jackson Township, it could cost you in a in a general election, it's going to cost you between thirty to fifty thousand dollars to run a good campaign. Um, in a primary election, it's probably going to cost you between fifteen to twenty. Wow. Um, when you, you and you started kind of diving a little into it, mm-hmm. um, you know, let's just let's go focus on like Jackson Township, for instance. Sure. Uh, you know, when you're looking at like target audiences. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned a little bit about obviously political party, but uh, does age, race, sex, et cetera, play any role in there? Uh, age does. Um, the other thing's not so much because um, the thing is, in my world, um, when I'm going to do a campaign, um, my my biggest thing is I, I do historical voter data. I mean, that's what I'm looking at. 
I, I can, with all honesty, usually pinpoint within a thousand people of who's going to vote and who's not going to vote. Um, you know, you have your occasional people that move in or the people that move away or, or unfortunately pass away. Um, but when it comes down to it, it's mostly it to focus upon, you know, the demographic of um, who's going to vote. Now, if I have a special issue, like I'll give the, the kids an, an idea is a couple years ago, we, we need to pass a park levy. Um, you know, so when I look at the park levy, the one thing we decided to do is I decided to do a poll and in poll, you know, who, who was going to vote for the park levy and who wasn't going to vote for the park levy. We were doing it in a low voter turnout year, um, which means that those are the easiest times sure to pass a levy because there's not a whole bunch of people coming out to vote. Um, so I need to know who was going to vote for it, and who wasn't going to vote for it. So we did the poll and the poll came back and the poll basically told me the people who use the parks and ship were people under the age of 30. And over the age of 65. So when I went to do my mailings and I went to campaign for, for that, what I did was I only mailed people between the ages of 18 and 30 and people 65 and older. And I didn't even bother to send anything to anybody else because I didn't want them to know there was an election out there. I didn't want them to, to, to come out because I knew if I mailed them between the ages of 30 and 64, they might come out and vote against it because they knew that it was there. So my job as political consultant was to curtail my message to the people I knew were going to go vote for it. So in that instance, that's what we did. And that's really the issue we run into with with voting in general. And, you know, last year I had the, I had the chance to come in and talk to the seniors and it's just trying to make that 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 distinguishing for them. You know, when you know, I would I use the analogy last year and, and this really makes total sense is, you know, imagine that Jeff Crocker said, I have a thousand dollars that I'm going to give out to the student body. All right. And you all have to vote on what you're going to use it for. Um, you know, and let's say 10% of the people voted and let's say that, let's say the JSA program decided they were all going to go out and vote. So every one of them went and voted and everybody else just kind of blew it off. Well, then JSA was going to make the determination on how that money was going to get spent. You know, that's the problem is right now in, in Jackson, the average voting age is like 65 to 70 years old and you, you 18 year old kids that are listening to this you have to think to yourself is the things that are important to you as 18 the same things that are important to those 70 years old no they're not so you know who's dictating where all your money gets spent and where all your money goes those people are the older people are because they're going to make that determination you know it's the same thing with school levies and we try to pass school levies and they fail throughout star county all the time it's because you have people who don't have kids in school, who don't have grandkids in school, haven't been in school in here that are on fixed incomes. They go out and vote in full force. Well, they're not going to vote for a school levy because it doesn't affect them directly. What affects them is, does the fireman come to their house when they call? Does the ambulance come pick them up? That's what's singly most important to them. So if they're the only ones vote, they're the ones dictating where your money gets spent. So the, it's why it's so important to to target, because right now when I target for me, it's easy for me to do my job because I know I only have to target old people. So my messages that I send out are all going to be people pictures with their grandkids and, you know, things like that, because I need to get to the senior citizens, because right now the 18 to 35 year olds make up 5 percent of my voting public. Well, how does uh we didn't have this question in there, but how does that kind of compare? And, and obviously you're focusing more on, on state and mm -hmm. local, but like, you know, this November, there's a presidential election. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, for a lot of young people right now, 
they focus on the presidency. Mm-hmm. Um, what does that look like, you know, for those demographics for a presidential election versus a non, you know, presidential election? I mean, is there is there that much of a dramatic yeah, difference? Yeah, I mean, or there is. Really? I mean, that's the thing is, um, and you, you see it throughout, uh, you know, a presidential year. Um, like, I'll just give you a perfect example. Look at Stark County, for example. All right. So we have, obviously, we have two two parties. We have Democrats and we have Republicans in Stark County. Um, you know, Democrats do very well during presidential election years. Um, as, like, right now, we have the clerk of courts, the recorder, the engineer, the prosecutor, the sheriff are all up for re-election this year. And they're all Democrats because they do very well in in presidential years because the voter turnout is so high. Whereas if you look at a gubernatorial year, which is two years later, you know, Democrats have a hard time competing countywide period during those election cycles because the voter turnout is so much lower because the lower the voter turnout goes, the more conservative it goes. Because, again, you're talking older people that are much more conservative, you know, whereas, you know, in a presidential year, you get these young people and they're all excited. You know, you have the. Look at them, for example, they're all gun ho on, you know free education and, you know, not having to pay for college and, you know, universal health care for everybody, you know, and they, they want those things and they're very progressive, you know, whereas the senior citizens are not going to, because they understand the other side of that too, is all those things sound great and they'd love to do it. But again, we have to figure out how we're going to pay for it. So you have conservatives and then you have, obviously you have the progressive. So the younger people get much more rallied around these big ideas, the big ideas of, you know, and it's great. I want them to get excited. The biggest problem that we have, though, is like we saw four years ago, you had all these people that were gun ho with Bernie Sanders. Well, as soon as Bernie Sanders lost the Democratic primary to Hillary Clinton, they were no longer excited. They were no longer on board anymore. And they stayed home and didn't vote and didn't do those things, you know, and they almost voted when they didn't go out and vote. They voted against their own interests. But that's the problem is and this year we I love the fact that so many kids get excited and so many people do that but they just don't it's not as flashy to get involved obviously in a township trustee race or in a school board race or at a county commissioner race but there's a lot of things those people can do here I mean when I was first living in Jackson Township growing up the only baseball fields we had were the ones at Lake Cable and Amherst there were no baseball fields there was no park there was none of that well you know then people got involved and you know, my dad ran for office and now we have a beautiful park across from the high school. We have an amphitheater getting built. We have tennis courts. We have all these great things because, you know, of local government, not because of who the president of the United States was. Um, but to answer, I guess, to, not to get too far to answer your question is, yeah, this year you're going to see a lot of young people get excited. And my big thing to them is you can't just pack it in if your person doesn't win. You got to keep pushing the envelope because if you keep pushing the only it's the only way change gets done because if everybody just the status quo stays the same then nothing ever happens nothing's ever going to change so you have to keep pushing that and and obviously uh you know i don't i'm kind of answering my own question here Mm -hmm. but you know let's say you're you're running a uh you know levy campaign and you know some of your audiences maybe if you know your audience is not uh young people who are going to support your levy you might not run it this November. You may, you know, wait until next spring, uh, kind of in that non-presidential election, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Like one of the big issues you run into with levies is it's all about timing. Um, I would never put on a increase during a, a general election for 
like a presidential year. Like anybody who puts a levy on in November this year is crazy unless it's a renewal. If it's a renewal, you might be able to get it through. And whatever renewal is, is one that's not asking for anything new. It's just, hey, you know, it's been four years. We've, we've done our due diligence. We're not asking for any more money. Can we just continue the levy? You know, that's kind of what Stark Parks has on right now. They have a renewal on. So they're just asking for the same amount of money. They're not asking for an increase. But yeah, timing becomes that. But the other issue that you run into is depending upon how you put those on and when you put those on, your time dictates it. So like if I know that Jackson Township has a police levy, let's say hypothetical, and it's going to it expires next year, then they might put it on in November of last year, March of this year and November of this year if it fails, because you want to make sure that you get it on. That way they have three cracks at passing it before the money goes dry. Because what ends up happening is if they wait till that last minute and wait till it's done and it fails, then their, their funding gets completely cut off because our fire department, our police department and our parks department, even our roads are all, all the money comes from the levy that they get. So like if the police levy goes away, the police department's not going to have money to fund so timing is a huge, huge step in that. Um, but again, if I'm trying to pass a levy and I'm trying to do that, I always want to do it in a primary election, not in a general if possible. And I always want to do it, um, you know, it, just any primary. It doesn't even matter if it's really a presidential one. Like this presidential primary turnout is going to be low. I mean, it's a disaster with the whole mail-in voting anyways, but it was going to be <laughs> low anyways. And it's going to it's going to lean uh it's going to lean towards passing levies anyways, because you're going to see a lot more, like I said, progressives coming out to vote. In fact, Democrats are outvoting Republicans in huge numbers because, again, there's a Democratic primary. There's not a Republican primary because yep. the Republicans already have. So that that helps a little bit. But I would never put them on in a general, either in a gubernatorial year or a presidential year, because, again, you're. In those elections, just to kind of give you guys an idea, we might have a, a 30% turnout in a in a primary election compared to a 70% turnout in a general election. Well, that means that I'm spending two to three times as much money, and you're going to have a lot of these people that don't vote but only come out in presidential years, and they're going to walk in and just vote no on everything because they don't want to raise their taxes. Because if they don't know, they're not educated. They're never going to be my educated voters. And if somebody's not educated on something – they're not going to probably vote for it. And when I say they're uneducated, it's not because I think they're they're not smart. The problem is people like me, I don't know who they are. If they only vote once every four years, I'm not going to try to go out and, and mail them something or knock on their door and talk to them. I'm focused on the people I know are going to go out and vote. So they are not just not going to be educated, and then they're going to walk in and vote no. So timing is a huge issue, and especially you never want to do it during a presidential in November. Yeah, uh, it's it's – it's just so fascinating, you know, when you start diving into election, just how complex they are and uh, how much work really goes into to your average Joe, what seems for most people not important, but it's so vital. Um, you know, I know we're wrapping up here on, on almost a half hour. Um, any final thoughts on just how important that local and state government is in, in our daily lives? Yeah, it is. It's I mean, it's the thing that drives everything. I mean. You think about it from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed. I mean, I, I just look at my kids, for example. My kids wake up in the morning. I wake up in the morning. You know, the bus comes and picks them up. That bus is paid for by, by tax dollars. It's driving down a paved road that gets paid by our tax dollars that we pay for through our levies. 
you know, they go to a school and those teachers are paid by those same levies. You know, I go to work. I make sure that the, the criminals are in jail and making sure the jail doesn't go overcrowded. That's all paid for by by tax dollars. One way they're keeping people safe. You know, if my kids get in an accident on the way home and an ambulance gets called, the first thing that's going to happen is an ambulance is going to get them again. That's local government taking taking care of you. Um, you know, when, when you go to the store and you pay tax and you're paying tax on stuff, I mean, what, what I pay in tax and what comes out of my pocket is a direct reflection on how much the sales tax is in, 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 in you know, in, in the county. There's everything that we do and everything on your daily life that you go through is impacted one way or the other by local government and in turn elections. Because, again, when you live in any place you live, how that money is spent or how that money is raised or how much money you pay for things is all dependent upon how you vote. Whether it's a candidate you vote for or a levy you vote for, everything that you do has direct reflection upon your life and how and how much it costs. Well, Cody, I, I appreciate your time. Um, you know, I know that the students are enjoying listening to the podcast and and uh, making it through this kind of just interesting time period. Uh, but thanks for your time today. And obviously, thank you for all you do for our community. Uh, I know yourself and your dad have greatly impacted uh, not only Jackson Township, but truly Stark County. Yeah, and I appreciate you having me on, Mr. Michael. And again, I just want to say, you know, to the kids, um, you know, go out and get involved. Go vote. Do things. Um, if you want to get plugged in someplace and you need help, uh, Mr. Michael can get you in contact with me. Uh, if you have any other questions about campaigns and how they work and running for office or anything like that ever, um, you know, have them, have them get in touch with me. I'd be more than happy to, to talk to you guys and um, anything I can do to help. Well, I appreciate it, Cody. Thank you so much and, and have a good rest you too. of your day. Thanks. Thanks, Cody.